back, boys and girls, to another episode of K-Babe Comparisons. My name is Mr. Know-It-All, Daniel John Schaefer, and today I am joined once again by the king of frontside 180 kickflips, Mr. Wex Breaking Lawson. Wex, how are we living today? Living great. Just cut me a frontside 180 kickflip of this Sunday at the skate park. Having a great time. Got a brew, ready to talk some wrestling. How you doing? Love it, man. I am alive. I am breathing. Uh, you know, we survived a little storm front that we had that came through um so you know yeah it's a little chilly it's a little chilly but i'm doing well i'm staying warm you know i got my little hazy uh my sweetwater hazy here today so hopefully that'll keep me warmed up and our topic today is definitely going to keep me warmed up it's vengeance 2001 versus nxt war games from this past weekend i am super super hype about that um yeah man did you get any feedback on last week's episode yeah dude i talked to a couple of my buddies one of my other buddies who does a podcast too, and you know, he he listened a little bit. He dug it. I've um, been listening to his stuff. Maybe try to do a little cross promotion at some point because he's a big old wrestling fan and some non-podcast people. You know, yeah. I've had a person at work. They're like, you know, I really don't know anything about wrestling, but just hearing you talk about it, it's fun. So maybe we can get some more listeners that way. I love it, man. I love it. And you know what? I'm thinking about. You know, when we first started doing the show, we were doing a we would do like a pop culture episode like once a month. And it always got pretty good ratings. We would just talk about like a specific video game series that we loved. Or we would talk about Star Wars or, you know, something something else nerdy that, you know, most likely if you listen to a pro wrestling podcast, if you're this deep into pro wrestling, you're probably a nerd. So you probably yeah. like nerdy stuff. <laughs> exactly. It, it, no matter what it is, it could be on opposite ends of the spectrum. You could be yeah. the fantasy guy, the sci-fi guy. But if you like wrestling, you are probably pretty nerdy in some other realm of media or something. True. Very true. Hopefully, wrestling we'll is a live a action comic book. If, if we want to be honest, yeah. that's what it is. Yeah. So hopefully we can sprinkle some of that more in back into season four. Uh, but with that being said, what do we have on uh, the hat? What's the haps? What's the, what's the news? What's the notes? What's the, what's the dirt, baby? What's the dirt? Give me the dirt. We got some pretty good dirt, some good tea popping off the news this week. Of course, the number one thing that all the wrestling fans are talking about is our boy Jeff Hardy. I don't know. Uh, he got sent home uh, on the WWE. I guess it was a house show they were at. He just like left mid match and just started walking through the crowd and interacting with fans. And it, you know, it wasn't planned or anything. He just literally walked through the crowd mid match, started like oh, no. taking pictures. They had somebody else like come and fill in for him. And you know, he stayed there for the rest of the night, but they sent him home from the tour. Matt Hardy has since said that he's talking to him and he's okay, but he doesn't want to like, you know, spill all of his business out there. But he said that he is okay, which that's at least a good thing. We know Jeff's okay, but damn dog. Come on, Jeff. Get yeah, it together, dude. I love I you. I don't want to see you end up like one of these other, whor you know, I don't want you to be yeah. another wrestling death of the year, which unfortunately we have too many of those every year. Come yeah, on, Jeff. Agreed. We love you. You're my hero. I met you on Broadway in 99. I agree, man. He's a great guy. I've had a, an amazing experience with uh, Jeff Hardy for sure. I got to spend the weekend uh, with him during his WrestleMania return. Uh, it was an amazing experience. I'll be forever grateful. So, yeah, definitely want to big, big uh, thoughts and prayers out to Jeff Hardy and everything he's got going on. Uh, and any some only other WWE news that I have really here is, you know, our truth Ron the truth killings was on hot 97 in the morning and had a little interview. And I guess he's talked about this before, but I didn't know. But he revealed that when he was in jail before he started wrestling, he met Jack Crockett, one of the Crockett brothers from Crockett promotions. And he's the one who put him into wrestling. And he's like. Wow. Basically helped him. He was like, yeah, dude, you rap. You can like do your songs, dance. He pretty much had his gimmick before he was even a wrestler, which blows my mind. So shout out to Jack Crockett, dude, because I love me some Ron Killings. 
Yeah, man. Yeah. Gotta love our truth. It's always nice to hear little tidbits so far. It's, uh, you know, we talked a little bit about Jeff Hardy, talking a little bit about our truth. I mean, I became the truth here in Nashville, didn't he? I believe he did. Oh, become yeah. The truth I, here yeah in dude, Nashville. I remember dude, Remember seeing him at the fairgrounds, the asylum back in the yeah. early days. That oh, was yeah. post, his post K quick run. Yep. NWA heavyweight champion. Yeah, Ron, the, the truth. First killing. ever black NWA heavyweight champion and the only, I, I want to so. say. I, I don't so. think anyone else. So he's the one and positive. only as of now. So, yeah, shout out to Ron Killings. Uh, I guess we'll go ahead and transition into the ex-WWE wrestler news, all these people that have left yeah. the company, and a new one that officially or unofficially has just left the company. Kairi Sane was known That's as good. kind of a WWE yeah. ambassador in Japan, and she has now removed all WWE stuff from her Instagram, Twitter, all that bullshit, and talking about a return. Okay, so is she... Uh... You know, is she going to stay in Japan? Is that is that going to be her kind of place, you think? I mean, I would assume so, for at least for now. But yeah. really, she could do whatever she wants. But I mean, probably that's the whole reason she went back to Japan to be with her family and stuff, her husband or fiancé or whatever. Uh, other news, ex-Isaiah Swerve Scott, a.k.a. Shane Strickland, was seen with a nice little sick-ass photo online with Malachi Black, possibly yes. teasing him joining the House of Black which, as you know, that yes. it could just be an AEW because Malachi Black is all over the place. Yeah, I would you know, also. I mean, I, I a, a few weeks back, maybe a little over over than that, I heard a lot about Buddy Matthews maybe being in the House of Black, and I really hope that happens because I feel like that's a perfect spot for Buddy Matthews. But I yeah. digress. Uh, Tony Nice is he's officially signed now to AEW. He is all elite. He's been appearing, you know, on the shows here or there, but he now has a contract that's pretty sick. He definitely deserves it. Uh, F- Jonah Rock, former NXT star, is now been announced officially for the PWG Battle of Los Angeles. So you know he's doing New Japan Impact Battle of Los Angeles PWG. He's getting out there. Pretty cool because he was definitely a big <laughs> surprise out of all those fucking releases. Like he was just the champion. Like a week before they released him, pretty much something like that. Insane. Uh, Another really cool thing we kind of discussed before we got on here. FTR is going to be taking on the Rock and Roll Express for this wrestling event, like beginning of January called Big Time Wrestling. And it's going to be kind of like a old school NWA celebration type thing. And got to see it. If we can cover it on the show somehow, we will. We want to because it'd be fucking great. Yes. If we can get it on like Fight TV or even if it's like a pay for it at a specific website, I will 100% be covering that show. <laughs> yeah, dude, that would be really fucking sick. You know, I've met Ricky Morton, my second ever pro wrestling commentary desk job. I got to call a Ricky Morton match. So that's awesome. Yeah. Can't at least that. I got to do that forever and ever. That was cool. Legend, he was one of the sure. coolest dudes. Yeah. Super fucking cool. Hilarious. Great to be around. I guess one of the last things I want kind of want to get into is, you know, recently, uh, well, uh, not the last things, one more thing. MLW Azteca officially has been announced for January 6th. And, you know, that's kind of that Lucha Underground type beat, which I was a super mark for Lucha Underground. They got a lot of the same wrestlers. And maybe we'll see our boy Alex Kane pop up on there, defend that national open weight title because it's open weight. Yeah, that's true. That's true. It's here for everybody. It's all inclusive, which we'll get into that stuff here a little bit later. But one last thing I want to get into, one of my all-time favorite wrestlers, tag team wrestler, which you might guys might be surprised by, Mr. Scotty Too Hotty, recently just left NXT as a trainer and everything, but he's not he done. Oh, he posted he a little thing online recently, and he's made some goals. He wants to wrestle in Mexico for the first he's for the first time ever. He's never wrestled Mexico his whole career. That's crazy. Which yeah, insane. I'm sure they love old Scotty Too Hotty down there, and he wants to yeah. go work in Japan, and he wants to try to at least be on national TV one more time. 
before he yeah. retires officially. And I think it's possible for him to do it. There's pl- a couple different options for him to pop up on TV, even yeah. for a one-off match. I, I agree. I agree. I agree. I think MLW is a perfect spot for him, honestly. Yeah. But everyone uh, loves to see the yeah. work. Yeah, yeah, I think it's, I think that's a really great option. Um, yeah, man, that's uh, that's crazy. Speaking of Scotty Too Hottie, that's gonna kick things right off. We're getting our way back machine. We're going all the way back to 2001. It's Vengeance from 2001. Uh, there's a creepy black and white open with Freddie Blassie. Kind of amazing, actually. Uh, it's a little like pre-emo emo, if that makes sense. Uh, but it's very cool. Uh, the Vince promo was classic. Solid work for sure. Crowd had tons of heat. Um, kind of flair comes out and starts the show, and that was a nice little moment as well. And the first match here is Scotty Too Hottie and Albert versus Test and Christian. Uh, Wex, man, I want you to just go ahead and lead us off here. What did you think about Scotty Too Hottie and Albert versus Test and Christian? I mean, well, the match itself, it wasn't, like, horrible, but it wasn't great. You know, all those guys can pretty much work, but, dude, the commentary... Is what had it for me on this one. They set it off strong at the beginning. So much funny stuff, dude. Uh, pretty fly for a white guy. JR did not know yeah. what that meant. And this was 2001. He's like, hey, why, how am I supposed to know what that means? <laughs> and he goes, you're not hip, JR, but you might need a hip replacement. Which, And they both yeah. popped for it, which it was almost like they that. They both laughed, yeah, yeah. yeah it was yeah. almost like that AEW Dark, that last pay-per-view we yeah, covered, that type yeah. of commentary. Yeah. But, dude, so much ridiculous shit. The hip-hop hippo, MC Crackers, the honky delics. The Pasty Boys, the king was on one. He was the king was on one in this. Rattle them off, bro. Yeah, killing it. God, this was so good on commentary, guys. Like, fantastic. And the worm is still one of the most over moves of all time. So, when Scotty Tuati hit the worm, they fucking pot. Like, it's a nice, like I said, nice way to get the crowd going, get it like nice opener, get them warmed up a little bit. The work rate wasn't amazing, but it was a fun little match. Baldo bomb from the God damn it. Baldo bomb for the win from big old Albert. I gave it two beers. Yeah, I actually, you know what? Like, I kind of felt the same way. I feel like it was like the, you know how uh, when you used to play SmackDown for PS1, like the very original version of SmackDown, and they would have like the card, and it's just like completely the most random things would happen on those cards. Like, that's what this match felt like. Like, it just felt like an auto random matchup from SmackDown on PS1. Um, I thought Albert doing the swing was a highlight. It's like, oh, this is pre Cesaro, like a big bald guy, like doing the swing and it popped like the crowd was really hyped for it. Then, uh, honestly, bell to bell, it was better than I expected. Um, it was such a random hodgepodge of guys though. I don't know. I mean, Albert getting the clean win with the Baldo bomb was kind of cool actually. And I thought it was better than it should have been. Um, I actually went three beers. I went right in the middle on it. I was, right. I, I, I was mean, pleasantly that's acceptable. Surprised. I I'm, I'm okay with three beers. I'm okay with that. Yeah, I mean, guys, I got to tell you, I think that, and honestly, I'm pretty sure that's one of the worst matches on the card. So, yeah, yeah. we're in for a really good night here. Let's just keep it rolling. Uh, before we get to match number two, we got Regal cutting a promo on edge in the back, and it was pretty good sunshine. Uh, it was it was good stuff for sure. The match here is Edge versus William Regal um, for the Intercontinental Championship. Wex, where are you at on this one? What do you think about Edge versus William Regal here? It was honestly one of those matches that doesn't really seem kind of random. Like I know both of those guys can work, but they they pretty much went out there and they pretty they impressed me. They they Dude, surprised yeah. me. Yeah. No nonsense from Regal. You know he was just doing that. Just like like he can make a move like a knee to the back of the neck just looks so fucking yeah. sick and intense. Like compare I don't know 
random wrestler A can go out there and do that, but Regal just like the, I don't know, the I don't know like what to just his mean streak. I don't know. I yeah. think William Regal's fucking great in this match. Edge was also great too. That Frankensteiner was fucking sick. That Northern Lights uh, for the three. So it was a three count, but you know it wasn't a, it wasn't a three. It yeah, that was a little stutter. Yeah, I was. Uh, that was the only thing that really kind of took it out for me because the yeah. rest of the match was pretty much solid. Like the heel work with the brass knuckles, which that's always the classic Regal thing. I love to yeah. see him working with the brass knucks. I mean, and I love it. The ref takes him. Edge gets the spear. One, two, three. I went right in the middle on this one with three beers. Only th- like that little stutter step. If that. Only reason it wasn't their fault, but when the ref, like when there's a fuck up on a finish, a pin, when you think it's really the win, but it's not the win, that really takes it away for me. It could have been a three and a half, maybe a four, but I went three. Three beers on it. Wow. Okay. Uh, I I really enjoyed this match more than I should have. I think. I think Regal leading it at this point in his career made the most sense. And to me, commentary, like, okay, like there might have been better pay per views, um, like as far as bell to bell work. But the commentary on this show alone, like in every match, is perfect. It is. I can tell you why right perfect. now. Was this the this first? Was King, the first time this was back King together. JR's reunion after being split up for like fucking forever. Yeah, it was just. I mean, it was too good. Like they were the back. Com- on I mean, the saddle. Yeah, like when you say classic JR King, like this is the show. Like they did not miss anything. They were phenomenal, and like it just goes to show how like really good commentary can carry a good match to be a great match just from really great commentary. Um, and that's what I think kind of happened here. Um, but it was a really good match as well. Regal style just worked really well with like that baby face version of edge. You know what I mean? Like the fresh meat baby face, like kind of version of him. Um, I mean, it had the right amount of Gaga too with like, you know, the brass knucks and everything. So I feel like it was a perfect Blend of pro wrestling and sports entertainment. It's what WWE does right. You know what I mean? When they can actually do it right, that's what it looks like. So I gave it four beers. I really enjoyed it. All right. Okay. 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 I'm not going to fault you too hard. It's only a beer off. It's it's not not like you're going fucking crazy on this one. But all right. All right. I like that one. What we yeah, got I'm, next? Next up is, is the match of the brothers. Isn't that right? It is. It is. Before we get to the match, though, we did have a flare promo in the back with Kurt Angle, and I loved that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Where Kurt Angle's like, I'm going to win. I'm going to beat both guys. And Flair was like, do it. <laughs> like, yeah, I believe you. Just, yeah, keep, go, go for you. <laughs> like, at one point, he just goes, <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, God, it was classic, dude. Flair is just, I feel like he was getting his mojo back right here, too, and it was good. Uh, the vignette that they did for the Hardy Angle was decent, but I feel like these matches were never really that great. Um, yeah. And that's kind of what we saw here. Like it started strong for sure, but then it got kind of wonky and it's almost like they tried to just call it in the ring and it just didn't quite sync up like they had hoped. Um, I mean, there were a couple really cool spots um, and it wasn't a bad match, but there were a couple pretty bad spots too. Um, I don't know. There was, there was some really below average spots and some really above average spots. So it's like, to me, it kind of balanced in the middle. Um, but not quite in the middle. I went two and a half beers on it. Where are you at on it? You were just a little bit more generous than me. And I agree with everything you said. For some reason, these two, like, it started off okay, and it's like something happens, yeah. and it's like they just don't mesh well. It's like they stutter step once or twice, yeah. and they just get off. I feel like they mapped some... out a match, and then they get, like, to a point where they miss a spot, and then they just start calling in the ring from there, and they never go back to anything that they called again, and it's like... It just becomes crappy. Like somebody forgot a spot and then they go, yeah, wait, that's okay, exactly, we'll go this yeah. way. We'll do that. Yeah. And then they can never yeah. 
figure out the direction they're going. Exactly. But, yeah. I mean, like you said, there was some cool stuff. The finish was cool. Like the whole like storyline thing of the finish of how Lita, you know, Lita's his girlfriend. And then she didn't see like that whole thing where she didn't see the God damn it. I'm sounding like an idiot. Well, so what happened is Lita okay. did not, he did not see that Jeff Hardy's leg or no, did not see that Matt Hardy's leg was on the um rope. So she counted the three count, but it was really off. So like the story worked there, everything because, you know, oh, you're working for Jeff. And then they kind of get into it later with the promo. Right. So the story of the match was great. But like you said, it's uh, funny. You said that some below average spots and then some really sick spots. So it kind of evened itself out. I went two and a quarter. Not quite that two and a halfer, but like you said, the, the Hardys are better at teaming, not not going against each other for some reason. It just it's not smooth. Yeah, it's definitely not smooth. Um, I mean, I thought the finish was clever with the foot on the ropes and, you See? know, like that was a nice spot. Good idea. Um, but that's the booking more than it is the match, you know. But they so, executed that part well, I yeah, will say they that. Did. They did. They did. Uh, we did get like a Trish and the Rock segment in the back that would definitely not fly in today. Uh, it was, good, <laughs> it was fantastic. But the Rock shushing Trish. Uh, I don't know. I was like, oh, this would be really offensive, I feel like. And like, <laughs> well, if you think that that's offensive, she has another more, even more horribly oh, offensive oh, no. one later. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah. We'll get to that. <clears throat> we'll get to that for sure. Uh, the next match on the card here, though, is the Dudleys versus Big Show and Kane. Uh, this is the Stacey Keebler era of the Dudleys, and I'm a thousand percent here for that part of it. Um, also, the spank spot was definitely not PC, but might have been best spot of the night, in my opinion. And I'm not going to apologize for saying that. Um, <laughs> yeah, it did move pretty quick, though. Um, it was hard to work with such a big team like Big Show and Kane. So hats off to the Dudleys for that. Uh, but they pulled everything off. And I thought that uh, it was the right amount of time. You know what I mean? Like they, they did. It was perfect. Like you, you got to have these guys on the show. You got to angle. You've been building this up. You have to have it on the show. It's a quick match. Uh, but the big guys, because it's a quick match, are still like still had a lot of gas. So they were actually moving, and it it was really good for what it was. I I was right there in the middle, and I gave it three beers. Okay. What do you, what do you think? Not 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 quite three beers. I feel like okay. I'm gonna say this right now before we get any further into the show. Okay. What's that? I feel like you have become. The curmudgeon old man. Like, it's like Jesse. Jesse was the critical one that would like to dissect things. And now that Jesse's gone, I feel like you're you're out here being like the curmudgeon guy. And I don't like that. I'm not being curmudgeon I just. Not as high as you on that one, dude. It's, I mean, it's almost there. Of course, almost. I get my fucking phone going off in the middle of what I was trying to goddamn say. <laughs> but yeah, dude, the match was very short. And like you said, that worked for them because they were yeah. the big dudes. You know, they get gassed a little yeah. bit easier and they were a able to move very quickly, very fluidly the entire match. Mm -hmm. Like, dude, I'll give it to you. The spank spot was nice. Not going to oh, lie. It was nice. It was nice. Not, not you know, it's, it's nice to see that every once days. in a while. You know, we got air. We got Ariel and ECW last week. We get uh, Stacy Keebler this week, you know. It's a nice, nice weekly yeah, little roundup of uh, assets cock, to see. Guys. I don't know if you, if where you're watching these, these, uh, these shows, but if you pull them up on the cock, they're full 4K. Yep, all its glory. I got a nice <laughs> little, uh, nice little 4K in my bedroom too. But yeah, uh, nice and short and sweet. And if it would have went like, if it would have went 10 minutes, it probably would have been shitty because I would have got over it by then. But I went two and a half beers, almost three beers. And that finish was not a 3D. It was a flapjack. Yeah, it was. Like, hey, gave him a 3D ride to the steel. I'm like, J dude, JR, no. It was a double flapjack. It wasn't a 3D. Get it right, baby. 
definitely that's the only slip up y'all had, but the intensity of the call of it made up for it. Well, let's just keep it rolling here. I did love that we get the old school "Don't try this at home" promo. Um, oh, yeah. Pre Rey Mysterio's all- knees, yeah. though. The, the, yeah. the one I always think of the one with the Rey Mysterio. Like, <laughs> you know, the one with the like little background percussion. I'm like, what's yeah. what? Like, what's going on here? I don't know. I always thought they were really funny. It was always really funny to me. It was almost like a uh, like when fail videos first started getting popular on YouTube. But anyway, moving on, uh, we got an awkward Lita and Matt segment in the back. And then we got a package for RVD versus The Undertaker. Uh, and that leads us to the next match here. It's uh, it's American Badass Undertaker versus RVD for the WWF Hardcore Championship. Um, yeah, so Taker just kind of beats the shit out of RVD for the most of this match. Uh, <laughs> I mean... <laughs> That's like almost the same note. I, I, I don't know how else to say it. Uh, I mean, the stage bump was dope for sure. I thought it was good for what it was. I mean, there were some great spots, but I don't, I mean, I don't know, man. Like, I guess they were just trying to shit on RVD at this point. Cause I mean, it was a, it was a spectacle match and it was a cool finish, but low key, like it was just undertaker beating the hell out of RVD the whole match. Um, still good though. Still very good because I don't know if anybody could sell better than RVD at this point. Uh, Sean hasn't come back yet, and I think the best seller on, in 01 was probably RVD with the bumps he could take. So I really enjoyed this. I'm, I don't normally like these kind of matches, and that surprised me. Four beers for me. Loved it. Four beers. Damn, yeah. dude. See, you're rating st- You're still rating them higher than me, and I'm not trying to be negative Nancy Debbie Downer over here. I only gave it three Stingy. beers just Stingy because beers. just because it pretty much was a glorified squash. Like, RVD, you know, he did some sick shit. Like, he... Yeah. And... He got to do some cool spots like the fucking uh, cross body off the stage or not the yeah. stage. What was that off of like the, the balcony? Is that what you want to call uh, it? Yeah. Yeah. It was. Well, yeah, it was like a over pat. It was like a tunnel off the top oh, of the tunnel. The maybe tunnel. off like, yeah, you know, yeah. the little, the little yeah, spot, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. the, the spot Where the people come down fucking jump off. Of. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. That spot. That was cool. Uh, he attempted the Van Daminator and then he just undertaker just said, fuck it. And then choke slammed him. Right. I thought that was funny. That was really great. Yeah. It was basically like, like you said, it was a squash match, glorified squash, but it was RVD was selling it like a motherfucker and just taking it and still trying to come back and still getting fucked up. That's why I gave it three beers right in the middle for me. Man, I wish you would hit that Van Daminator, though. I love the Van Daminator. That's like, I mean, yeah. Besides the Van Terminator, not the coast to coast to get it right. Not the, yeah, 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 yeah. The Van Terminator. Exactly. Correct. Van Daminator is a fucking sick move. It's true. Even though I would say the Van Terminator is, pro- I mean, listen, we all know the RVD started it, but I will argue this. I think that Shane McMahon made it more famous for sure. I well, mean, same move, but he made it more famous. It's because of the platform that he was on. If RVD would have been on the same platform, it would have been RVD. I mean, RVD was on the same platform. Even RVD put, was a champion. No, RVD, did, did, it, been the RVD champion. did an ECW first. And then he and then Shane McMahon did it like two weeks later in a WWE pay-per-view. But honestly, go back to that year and we just put even a, the average WWE fan. We put Shane McMahon versus RVD just standing next to each other and their personas and everything. Everyone's going to. You know RV- what? For, first, you're being you're skimpy with your beers. You're curmudgeon. And now you're going to sass me on on the live podcast here. You said you just. That's what I said. And I said I gave it three. So I only gave it one one beer below. It wasn't that much a difference. I mean, that's a whole beer. Let's let's keep, let's, keep, let's keep it moving here. Let's keep it moving here. Let's keep it moving. It's a light okay. beer. <laughs> All you got for me is a light beer. Uh, <laughs> moving forward, there was a great Jericho and Flair promo. I thought it was really good. 
Um, the segments have been great. Like everything in between the matches have been great. Like this is again, like that's so WWE. That's what it, it should be. Like I, I really want WWE to be good. I like, I don't want, I, I'm, I, I'm not a hater. Like I don't want it to be bad. I want to rate things high. And this is like, I know we're in a nostalgia show, but it's like, dude, this was just so good. Like they know how to do it. This format can still work. It just has to be good stories and good wrestlers. Like it's not that difficult. Like just same type, same story archetypes, really just do it better than what you're doing. Like even Lita's bad acting. It was still ex- overall in the story yes. executed. Well, yes. Agreed. 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 And moving on to the match here is Trish Stratus versus Jacqueline for the WWF women's championship. I mean, it wasn't Becky and Charlotte. It wasn't even like Baker and Rio, but man, early Trish Stratus too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for what it was, look, they really tried to have a wrestling match in the era of playboys and bra and panties matches. So that deserves something. Uh, was the match great? No, it was not. Uh, was it quick and did it serve its purpose? Yes. Um, so I can't really go in the middle on it because it wasn't that great. Uh, but the bell to bell was better than most women's matches in that era. So that being said, I gave it two beers. That's where I'm at. All right. For the first time, I'm going to have to agree with you on the amount of beers of a match. It's about time. It's about two time. beers. I mean, and the only reason I think that Trish Stratus did work this well is because of her opponent, because Jacqueline yeah. could actually wrestle and been wrestling probably way longer than most of the women on the roster. This was early Trish Stratus. She hadn't quite hit her stride as like, you know, the Trish Stratus that we know and love today. Yeah. But yeah, I think Jackie went in there and gave her some good stuff, the best they could do in that short amount of time. You know, it was really to calm the crowd down between the fucking chaos we just got through with Jeff Hardy and the basically the three main events we're about to get into. So it did serve its purpose. Two beers and a remember that time Jackie's top got ripped off? Yes, yes, I do. Uh vividly. Chocolate. Uh yeah. <laughs> Let's uh, let's keep it rolling here. This whole promo um, from The Rock, uh, like with the ass kissing with Jr. and Trish and Rikishi, that's golden, golden television too, man. I mean, it's just the characters aren't the same. Like the problem is that you we either in WWE right now we have some great wrestlers that are not very good characters, or we have great characters that are not very good wrestlers, and we have a few that are both. We have like Roman Reigns, and I hate to say that, but he is great at both. He's a great character and he's a great wrestler. But there really aren't that ver- very many there. I mean, Kevin Owens kind of. Sammy Zayn's um, a good one, I think. Sammy Zayn for sure. Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins for Rollins. sure. The drip thing that he's doing now is amazing. Um, I mean, AJ's yes. kind of not great as a AJ's character right a, now. AJ's not a AJ's never been a character guy. For never sure. been a promo sure. guy. He's been a no nonsense wrestle. I don't know. The, the, don't you he, don't the, you mess the, with the my whole, Jesus or whatever. I, I see. I, uh, I will argue though that during his run with Cena, I know we're getting off track here, but I don't care. During his run with Cena, the you know the face that runs the place. I think that he really did show that he could be a character though, and I, mean, I think he did it really well. Yeah, then, good, right now, not like, kind of it wasn't like major charisma. Anybody could have pulled that character off. It's not. It was nothing special. But for Styles, for him to get into that role, it was, yeah. it was good. But The Rock in two thousand one. I don't think anybody could top it, honestly. Um, I just missed WWE in that good, to be honest. Stone Cold 2001 um, also. Both of them were just oh, of course, so good. Of course, of course. Um, actually, all all four guys in this hodgepodge were, I mean, probably physically prime of their life. Like, physically. Yeah. All of them. So, well, I would say Stone Cold. He's Maybe not Stone Cold, but he's point, but but still got a lot of... Honestly, he had more in the tank than he, he we thought he did. Physically. You know what I mean? Um, but, yeah. Then we get like a an actual package for all four guys. 
Um, so yeah, dude, this card is so stacked. I'm going to make the declaration here too, before we get into these next three matches, I'm going to say this, like, I know that I argued that WrestleMania 17 wasn't the greatest pay-per-view of all time. I know everyone says it is. I think vengeance 2001 is better than WrestleMania 17. I'm going to say it right now. I think that top to bottom with uh, the only thing it's missing is like that TLC match. That's the only thing it's missing. Everything else I would rather have from vengeance 2001. Literally everything else. All we could have did was maybe take out a Trish Stratus match and the Dudley boys match and then replace that with like a, actually no, fuck that. Take out the Hardy match and the Dudley match and then make them face each other in the ladder match. And then you would have yeah. been straight. That, yeah. Yeah. That would have been it. That would have made this the perfect attitude era pay-per-view. And I consider the attitude era all the way up till WrestleMania 18 with Hogan and the rock. So everything from 14 to 18 is the attitude era. In my opinion. I know other people argue about that, but that's that's what we're going to call it. We're still calling this the Attitude Era, okay? So let's get into the match here. It's the first of the semifinal matches. It's Kurt Angle versus Steve Austin for the WWF Championship. And since our resident Steve Austin super fan is here, I'm going to let you lead this one off. Wex, what do you think about this WWF title match? I mean, it's a, it's a main event anywhere, anytime. Dude, this is probably... this Dude... This match between them, Austin and Angle have had some great matches. We've covered that some in one of the other shows. But, dude, the storyline and everything going into this match is one thing that made it fantastic. And first of all, Austin back with his original music. Oh, yeah. Man, I hate that fucking Disturbed thing when he did his heel run. So I guess this officially signifies him being a babyface again. Yes. But he literally didn't have to change his work style because he literally was doing the same shit. But Yeah, I mean, that's dude. I love the story they told of like the brawling versus wrestling and then like, oh, Austin can't hang with the wrestling. But then he fucking comes in there and starts cutting German suplexes, like working on Angle's shoulder and his arm. Like, it was really? great. Yeah. So much psychology there. And like I love when Angle uh, puts him in the the figure four leg lock on the outside after he does all the uh, basically little Ric Flair tribute. He gives him tons of chops does the figure four and jr's like oh my god he's gonna break austin's legs he's gonna break austin's legs yeah and i popped so hard like you said commentary on point 100 like jr and king reuniting for this especially for an austin oh, match god, dude, dude. jr and austin just... matches it's like he's having an orgasm the entire time and that's what <laughs> i want to hear it's fucking great and right. i like how both i like how they were both doing heel shit the entire time because it was just so desperate that we we have to get yeah. this fucking championship yeah they really heel made heel me, wins i think i think that's money honestly dude and they made me like they just had me invested even though i've seen this many times one of, like i said you're yeah. saying it's now one of the best one of my favorite pay-per-views ever dude perfect and i just kurt angles moonsault even though he missed it that's seriously one of the best looking ones he's oh, ever done in this match. Beautiful. It's beautiful. It's fucking yeah. beautiful. <sighs> it's a work so of art. It really is. It really is. I have no Just problem. Fantastic. Saying that. I I really really enjoyed this match. The finish. Everything was great about it. I gave it four point five beers. Wow. Okay. I didn't. I I mean it can't really. You know what? We're very close. We're very okay. close. Okay. We're. I mean, very I, close. like we said, the five beer and the six beer. That's for like. I agree. We don't want to. We don't want to give those out too easily. But this was very close to being a five beer matching, but four and a half. Awesome I beer. went a little more. I went four and three quarter. I was four and three quarter beers on this one, so we're very oh, close. Oh, okay. I mean, I felt like Steve was so so intense. I mean, just from the beginning, the look on his face, it's like this was like, dude, the sell. Like the reason why, like Steve Austin, as we know, is not a fantastic actor, right? Like 
he believes his shit. Like when he is in that moment in 2001, when he's in this match, he is Steve Austin. All of this is a thousand percent real to him in his brain. And it's just, you can just see it. And there's something so special about that with him specifically. I feel like, like, you know, the reason why Steve Austin is really a different, you know, there's guys like Hogan and Cena and other guys that have made a lot of money and have been on top, maybe even longer runs, but there's no Steve Austin. I mean, even the rock, like the rocks one of the biggest movie stars ever, but it's not Steve. Like Steve Austin has this weird thing that it's like, the big everybody like every super fan every smart mark every wrestler even like he just suspends your disbelief you just believe that he is beating the shit out of the guy that he is wrestling like every time like it doesn't Austin matter. has it that yes. undefinable thing of it but they like, talk about it's overflowing with it like 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 he just it's I don't even understand it. It's but it, this this match was just great, man. It was great the way he lays in his punches. Not to mention Kurt looking like he's trying to prove something the whole time. The way he's working, like it's just the psychology, the drama in the match. I mean, even punch by punch is just something that we don't see today. Period. There's a certain like the style way the crowd lights up for just each yes. punch back and forth from both person. You get that a little bit sometimes, but not like you had it here. And not go, like you had going it here. back to the yeah. commentary on this match. Yeah, it was so good. They 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 referenced Stone Cold. Oh, you know, he was in WCW from 91 to like 95 or whatever the fuck yeah. it was. Went to, like they were there's a lot of good callbacks on commentary and they were kind of they were mentioning like every championship. They kind of this is like one of the only pay-per-views where WWF was like basically acknowledging shit exists outside of them. Yeah, I mean, and also not only that, but it was also like, again, another situation where it's right amount of Gaga, like it doesn't take away from the match it actually adds to it which is oh no yeah it's very hard to do that well to where you can add outside stuff to a great wrestling match and actually add to the match and add to the drama and they did it they nailed it it was great i thought it was great four and three quarter beers great storytelling great match um crazy enough uh right after this we have trish and test in their segment that was and that was that's what i was referencing earlier. this is the most rapey cringy Ugh. horrible fucking thing i've ever seen in my life like the worst thing you've ever seen and was test supposed to be a good guy at this point or what uh, like, oh yeah i think he was a baby face actually i'm pretty sure because uh, <sighs> trish was kind of like this tweener almost still heelish character it's like it was funny when Rock did his shtick, but when Tess went in there, it was just fucking creepy, weird, cringe, and it, it's not even funny then. No, <laughs> like, right. Oh, yeah, not, not Just good. bad. Just bad, for sure. Test, test, this is a test indeed. Yeah, well, hmm. maybe he should have taken a few more tests in his life. But uh, anyway, the, the next match here is The Rock versus Chris Jericho for the WCW World Heavyweight Championship. Uh, dude, both guys are like physically at their absolute peak. Like, I mean, just like athletically and like genetically, they're just right where they should be. And I was absolutely giddy watching this, like genuinely excited. Um, I mean, it, it's an incredible match. They go, I mean, it's great back and forth, great selling on both sides. Uh, crowd stayed hot too. After that banger of a match for Austin versus angle. I mean, like, the crowd stayed hyped. They were not, I mean, they were definitely there. Some great false finishes, all the highlights and high spots you'd expect from a top level rock and Jericho match. Great Gaga again with Vince too. They just, dude, banger, banger, banger. Like this, this match, five beers. I actually thought it was a little bit better 
than the Angle and Austin match. Five beers. I feel like Jericho really came out swinging his bat like, yo, I am the main event guy here. Like, I just, it felt awesome watching it. Five beers for me. Where are you at? The Rock versus Chris Jericho for the WCW World Heavyweight Championship. Wex. I gave this one 3.75 beers. Almost the four beer. I went five, baby. I know you went five, and I thought it was a great match, but the match before was just, it was, ah, the match before was just so goddamn good. Maybe I'm a Stone Cold Mark, which that's yeah. very possible. That's true. But I also like The Rock and Jericho a lot, and they definitely put on a great match. Like you said, back and forth, no real domination from either guy at first. They were just kind of laying it into each other, and I love Jericho went for the come on, baby pin, and Hebner didn't yeah. pin, and he was just like, the fuck? Like, yeah. not fucking counting for me here, and even though it's one of the dumbest spots, I still love it. A submission move on top of the announce table. Yeah. I don't know why oh, I popped yeah. that. It's it's logically dumb if you think about it, but for some reason, I just think it's hilarious. I mean, like, I thought that rock it. bottom spot into the DDT on the table was great. That was great. Oh, no, though, that was fuck. That was fantastic. Jer- yeah. Like, that was such a good transition, and Jericho just, man, he sold the hell out of that shit. And the suplex on the exposed mat on the outside. Yeah. Dude, that was great. It was hard. a great match, man. And the best thing about this dude, after the match is over, Jericho's holding up the title, and then Austin's music hits, and he's like, he gives that classic, like, oh, yeah. fuck. Like, like, he's not ready. Austin's coming down right now. Good God Almighty. <laughs> but I don't know exactly what that's verbiage of what uh, JR said, but dude, on, dude, fucking great match. When Austin's music hit, got me hyped, like I said. Almost there for me. Not as good as the other one, but still really, really good. Still very good, and... They have to lead into this next one. Yeah, they do. They do lead into the next one and go straight into Chris Jericho versus Steve Austin for the WWF Undisputed Championship. Uh, somehow, some way, this was the best match out of the three. I, 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 like, I don't think I've ever in my life, and I'm including that the most recent All Out, I don't think I've ever seen three back-to-back matches that somehow were all match of match of the night match of the year candidates that outdid each and every one it was like and Man, not only, maybe not like only, one of the old takeovers or something that's about it though I, but not only that not only that if it was just bell to bell maybe if it was just bell to bell then maybe we could even argue about the most recent all out because it was so, that good but yeah. but if we're talking dude they easily told three to four stories in this one match perfectly i mean like perfectly like you you still have your issues with the rock Jericho's set up as the first undisputed champion. You get Booker T some shine out there. You get, you get Steve Austin moving straight on to Booker T. You have flares, Vince, ba- flares out there. You again. get Flair and Vince, that whole storyline right there. Like, dude, that's, that's four, almost five stories right there. All done perfectly without taking anything away from the match. I'm doing it. I got to give it to it. Six pack here, six pack, six beers, top notch. Okay. I'm going to say it again. Vengeance 2001, best pay-per-view of the entire Attitude Era, in my opinion. The entire Attitude Era, front to back, best pay-per-view. Wow, yeah. I am almost at the six-pack for this one. I did not go all sixer, but I did go 5.75. Okay. That's because, okay. I'm not mad about like that. I said, I'm, I'm going I'm to be very stingy with the sixers, but, dude, Austin and Jericho, two of my favorite of all time, I easily could have went six. Easily. Easily could have yeah. went, but dude, this match was 
like you said, the culmination of everything, the storyline, the in-ring work, like, I love, like, each other trying to do each other's finishers, so much stuff, like, the Gaga with Vince McMahon, yeah. Ric Flair, yeah. Booker T coming out, hit him, hitting Austin with the fucking title, and it's just crazy, because back then, you know, even till this day, I love Stone Cold, and everyone, obvi- we're like, dude, Stone Cold's fucking winning, Stone Cold's gonna win this, even when I'm watching this, even though I know Jericho wins the way they have it set up, you're like, dude, I think Stone Cold's going to win. But the way they worked this was just so perfect. Everything yeah. about it. And, dude, wasn't much the way, of a- The way they sold commentary, too. Like, on the first match, they sold it as, oh, we're going to get Rock and Austin 3 before we even get to Rock versus Jericho. Like, that whole thing was just set up so well. Like, that is exactly how you tell Brilliant writing. Like, whoever yes. was – who was the yes. head writer? Who was doing the shit back then? They probably work for AEW now. You know, you no, never... it's Brian Gewirtz. This was the end of 2001. Russo's gone. It's Brian Gewirtz. I mean, and what does he that's... do these days? He runs Seven Bucks Productions. He runs the Rocks oh, movie making no company. Like... <laughs> he works for Rocks Production Company. God damn, he was killing it that back then. Yeah, dude. Well, yes, he's yes. on to bigger and better things, I would say. But yeah, dude, as he should, because he he earned it, bro. But honestly, this is the kind of guy who like made hundreds of millions of dollars in Hollywood since then, and still will go to like Russell Cons and just talk about wrestling because he obviously loved it. Because he. I mean, he, this is really well written, clearly. Yeah, dude. They, Austin and Rock really, I mean, Austin and Rock, fuck. Jericho and Austin just, yeah. they sold every, they made, like, honestly, they didn't even, the work rate could have been a little bit lower. Even though it was great, it still wouldn't matter because the way everything was executed perfectly in this match. Yeah. The run-in, Booker T, and one, I, I talked about this last week, but literally this match sets up the greatest promo of all time. Yeah. In my well, opinion, I don't, that, I don't care what yeah. anyone else says. <laughs> they might like hard times or they might like The Rock or somebody doing some other shit. But, dude, the classic original what promo that this match set up. Come on. If if you don't agree with me, don't at me on that one. God damn it. The what? Fitz McMahon and Booker T screwed Stone Cold. What? <laughs> I mean, dude. That led into the grocery store brawl. This match, this pay-per-view, this was the very end of the greatest era of wrestling. And the, ah, God damn it. I just love it so much. <sighs> Fuck. I don't know, man. I don't know. I liked a lot of stuff from Ruthless Aggression era. Like, I think 2002 well, I, is, even after even after uh, WrestleMania 18, I think it's one of the best years ever. In yeah, I'll say 02, but, like, once we got into... Like, 04. 04, that's, that's, really that's the thing. That's when I kind of stopped watching as much from 04 to about 06. Like, only time I would tune in is for yeah, like I was like 04 to like 09. Like, I didn't, I'd missed a lot of it. So watching a lot of I would tune in every once in a while. Eddie Guerrero's new. wrestling. I would like any, like a few, but like basically in 03 when Austin officially like quit being uh like the GM with the four-wheeler and shit and was just gone. Yeah, that was a great era though. Once he was gone, I was like, no stone cold why the fuck am i watching wrestling did you ever get to go to one of the i know we're getting off on a tangent but i don't care you know did you ever get to go did you ever get to go to one of those um stone cold shows like a raw where he was the commissioner did you get to go to the one that was in nashville i didn't go to that one but i remember watching him on tv a lot dude he stayed in the arena probably another hour and a half after the show was over and just like talk shit had people come down would talk shit to them and just send them out of the ring. Like it was, it was the whole, like it was almost like a stand up show if Stone Cold's in character the whole time, just literally getting drunk as hell and like hanging out with the, I mean, cause it's like, I'd say like half of, half the people left. 
but like still half of us. And we're all like at that point, point we're all super fans because we're staying until like 1130 or whatever. Yeah, I was 12 and, like, years old. I would have been like, yeah, hell yeah. Let's yeah. watch this shit, baby. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was I was 18, 19. So like it was like oh, perfect. Well, you were probably, like, you know, partying a little bit. I was still a wee little boy. I was sneaking in a flask in my boot for sure. But yeah, you know, we had to do what we had to do back in the day. We didn't quite have uh, the credentials that we needed. You pull a hey mister. That's what we call it. You pull a hey mister. You were a young boy. And speaking of young boys, that's going to lead us into the next show. Uh, it looks like we're actually getting to get, uh, like a, it's not a takeover anymore, but it's an actual pay-per-view or mm, streaming special, I guess we can say now. Um, but it's an NXT show, which hasn't happened in a while. And it's NXT War Games 2021. The opening package was really hype, and it was well put together for sure. Uh, I do actually like the idea of black and gold versus 2.0. It feels like closure, sadly. Um, But yeah, let's get right into it, man. Let's just go straight into it. We get the very first match is the women's War Games match. It's Io Shirai and Cora Jade, a.k.a. the Wish AJ Lee, uh, again, with Raquel Gonzalez Kaylee Ray versus Toxic Attraction, which is Mandy Rose, Gigi Dillon, and JC Jane. Gigi Dolan. Dolan, my bad. My bad. Uh, Autocorrected. Autocorrected. Yeah, Gigi Dolan, and then JC Jane. Also, Dakota Kai is in the match. Uh, This wasn't very good, guys. Uh, The match sucked. Um, Crowd really loves Kaylee Ray. I think she's mediocre at best. It feels like a this feels like FCW, man. Like, I don't know if you ever got a chance to watch that stuff on, like, uh, YouTube, like, way back in the day. But It's this still feels, on there, by the way. It's like, sure. it's like, it's like one, one crowd that's maybe 150 people, but they put a bunch of lights up, and it's the same people every time. It's, it's worse than the Asylum. Like, it's not... It's, Is it worse than the old Impact Zone from Orlando? It's worse than the current Impact Zone. It's worse. Uh, like, it's not, it's not good. It's not good. Um, yeah, I mean... Well, damn. Cora Jade, uh, she can't wrestle. She can't skate. It's a bad gimmick. It really, she's a straight up like wish version of <laughs> AJ Lee. It's not good at all. Um, she's Darby yeah. Lee. It's just a girl playing wrestler. Um, it's not good. Gigi is definitely going to be the the best star, like the the new star for sure. Um, yeah, it's not good. Blah, blah, blah. Long story short, the Cora Jade bump was crazy. Io Shirai is vastly underrated and underutilized. Uh, Gigi Dolan is the star of Toxic Attraction for sure. A baby faces win. Spots were decent, but not good. Technical ability was far below average. Uh, a beer and three quarters. That's where I'm at on it. Wow, Daniel, I'm saying you're being very, very generous with that extra three quarters because I just gave it one beer because they they tried. They went out there and they put their bodies yeah. on the line. People got stitches. People got bumped and bruised. Maybe a little blood over there, but, you know. The Cora Jade jump off the top of the cage where I thought she was just going to do a splash, and I think she did too until she got, like, four feet away and then decided to do a flip and then kind of broke the table and kind of broke her face. I was like, that's, like, you're an idiot, but I got to give it something for that because that was you don't see that every day. That was a near-death experience. (laughs) Exactly. I thought this was the biggest clusterfuck ever, bigger than a GCW clusterfuck that's called a clusterfuck. I mean, there were some very dumb spots in here, like the kendo stick bridge in between both rings on the ropes. That was the dumbest fucking thing I've ever seen in six years in a wrestling match. I, I was, was very disappointed this was by extreme that. Extreme backyard wrestling DVD level bad. 
And you were even on some of that shit, so you know. Don't, don't, don't do that. Let's not do that. <laughs> But yeah, that springboard Rana in between the rings to where the person doing the Rana took most of the bump on the fucking metal. I was like, guys, girls, what what are y'all doing? Think before you do. And like you said, that splash was like a last minute. (laughs) It was like a last minute swanton that she just thought about like. Yes. And I was like, oh, she didn't get all that one. Uh and I guess, like, did she actually get, like, I'm guessing it was a planned no, out for her work, to kind of, like, work, fuck up work. her shoulder. I was a kind of, I will give it to him. That was a cool spot, making Eo Shirai look like a badass. Be like, nah, fuck the medical staff. I'm going to pop this motherfucker back in there myself. We're going to get back in there and whoop a little that was, ass. That was a cool idea. Cool idea. I don't know how to say that in Japanese, but if I could speak Japanese, I'd say it like that. Like, goddamn hell yeah, we're going to get that motherfucker shit done right there. <laughs> but, yeah. Gigi Dolan. <laughs> She definitely is going to be a star, and turns out she, I heard she's actually still married to Darby Allen. It was all a work. They never actually got a divorce or never broke up. Don't know if that's true, but if uh, someone could let me know, shout me. I need to holler at Max, my boy, Max Shutter. He might know that officially. I don't care she's dating. She's great. She's really good bell-to-bell, actually. I thought she was probably one of the shining stars of the match, for sure. The trash can swinging spot was really funny. I'll Mm -hmm. give him that. That was good. You can only it can only be executed with those people. I mean, I give it a beer and a half. Come on, man. I'm not too generous here. I feel like that's fair. I gave it a beer. But uh, yeah, Core Jade can't skate. Let's have a kickflip challenge. Jesus, she's trash, dude. I don't know, man. It's almost too. It feels like she straight up came from the MySpace era. It's really weird. She's friends Um, with Gigi Dolan, who dates Darby or is married to Darby Allen, who actually does ride a skateboard. She was like, "All right, I'm gonna slide your skateboard over here, and you're gonna try it." She's like, "All right," and then it didn't work out. Yeah. Okay. So after this match, we actually get. um, Okay. So I, I want to go ahead and preface this. Uh, In this this special, this pay per view thing, there were a lot of vignettes. A lot. Well, I don't have, see. I found out I don't have premium Peacock. I have the regular, so I just got commercials instead of all of those vignettes. Oh, okay. All right, all right. That's good to know. Okay. Well, either way, we got a vignette for Tiffany Stratton. Uh, very meh. Then we get a Josh Briggs and Josh Benson. Uh, weird. I don't even know how to describe it. Promo. It's bad. Like I mean, this felt like a bad YouTube video. Like it was real bad. Um, and then we got like a cheesy ass new generation racist character push for this guy named Boa, who is straight up like Muda, like with like Japanese, like the face paint and the mist He's and like Chinese, which is completely, I, I, I did not see that promo, but, uh, when I was watching this live with some people, they had the regular version and they told racist. me about it and I was like, Oh, so he's Asian. So we're going to make him Muda basically yes uh, yeah i mean the msk segment was actually kind of fun um and then you know the shaman i guess in their little angle debuts on tuesday um but yeah team black and gold promo in the back o'reilly is in a tag team with vaughn wagner uh, okay uh that's a great way to keep them around guys good job there um that's yeah that's gonna keep that kind of booking is gonna keep that guy in your company really smart really well played so it's Vaughn Wagner and Kyle O'Reilly versus Imperium for the NXT Tag Team Championships. And I can already hear it now. I can hear Bruce Bruce being like, well, you know what? We gave him, we put him in a tag team title match. What does he want? Like, I mean, come on, man. Like, there's no there's no good angle here. Um, I mean, 
the work rate was great, actually. I mean, Imperium is a really solid tag team for sure. And Kyle worked awesome. But then we got uh, Von Von Hammer or Van Hammer or Van Wagner, whatever he's calling himself. He just looks like Van Hammer Jr. Uh, He works that way, too. He's straight up trash. Um, He wrestled like a significantly less impressive Sid. Um, So I'll say it's obvious before the bell rang who was winning, clearly, also. So, like... I mean, Kyle was in, and the match bell-to-bell when he was in was really solid, but the minute Wagner got in, it was hot garbage. Um, I mean, luckily, O'Reilly led the match bell-to-bell, and it was mostly very good wrestling-wise. Oh, yeah. Um, Imperium's a really good tag team, Uh, but the pairing sucks. The story sucks. Oh, Van Hammer looking ass. I mean, it was just, uh, it it just wasn't, it it was a decent wrestling match, but it was far below average in the storytelling, so I had to go right in the middle on it. I went three beers on it. Wow. Are we, for the second time, finally going to agree on something here? I think so. I hope so. Yes. I also went three beers, and I agree with everything you said. The work rate, besides Wagner, was fucking fantastic. Fabian Ochner, he fucking yeah. killed it. I yeah. did not realize how good he was. Both he those was guys, like, honestly, were He was doing good. some sick shit, even though yeah. Von Wagner's dumbass fucked up the crossbody, and he, Ochner pretty much hit his head. Which he really wasn't trash, his fault. Dude. And it wasn't Ochner's fault. He did a beautiful dive. It was just Von Wagner is like the Miz out there. He don't know how to catch people. He, Yeah, I mean, it really is developmental now with, with 2.0, man. With 2.0, it's really just developmental. They're just throwing and dudes just like out there just like you said, we knew the ending of this because Kyle O'Reilly, we know he's on his way out. He's on his way to AEW. But I, I, I like cannot believe end- that he got away with doing the Undisputed Era thing, though. I oh, feel no. like. And they're going to let him leave? Like, dude, do you know what you're doing? Like, do you know what you're doing? Like, Exactly. That's what I said. I love that. At the end of the match, he beat him up. He did the Undisputed Era thing, and he gave him some suckets. I know, but yeah, yeah. Um, which crotch chops yeah. are going to pop me no matter what. I don't care But it's for Triple H, which is also, it's like, dude, like, is he just, it almost made me feel like, like, I feel like I don't want to be worked. You know what I mean? I'm, 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 a, I'm a, uh, a cynical mark now. So now everyone's like, oh, Kyle is leaving. I'm like, is he though? Because if, if, if he did this and he pulled it off and he's still leaving, he did everything he wanted to do, like, his way. Like, yo, I'm, I'm going to my boys, and here's some homage to Triple H. And both of those things, I would assume right now, are probably no-nos in NXT, right? Like, I don't know. So if he does Yeah, leave, they don't really mention big, none of that if stuff he, if anymore. If he does leave, big balls to Kyle O'Reilly, for sure. If he does leave, because there's no way that was, oh, yeah, do what you want. There's no way that's cleared. No way. Yeah, because half of the undisputed eras in the other company, dude. If he doesn't show up in AEW and shows I'll up on the shook. main roster, that yeah, that'd I'll be, be a mind though. fuck. But I don't want that because I know what's gonna happen. They, he's not the guy to move the needle. That bur- he's not the w- guy to w- move the needle. He does not know how to book yeah. his style of wrestler on the main roster. They just don't. They used to. They, they used to. to exactly like I compare him to like I don't know why I thought it was like a Ken Shamrock doesn't really yeah. talk but goes out there and kicks ass yeah that's what he's been doing doing it very well for a long time I could see him dude I know we're getting ahead of ourselves here but you hear old Daniel Daniel Bryan Brian Danielson is trying to start his own little faction imagine a faction with him Daniel Garcia and Kyle O'Reilly oh like you think he's gonna come in and do like join Adam Cole and Fish and then he joins. Daniel then joins instead. Brian Danielson. And then, oh, I like that. I like that. 
I like like it. a fucking, you know, like a whole stable. And then imagine they bring Jonathan Gresham into a little crew of just like shooters. Yeah. Who are just badass striker shooters. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, the match bell to bell was decent. Uh, let's keep it rolling here. The post-match stuff with O'Reilly was great for sure. Um, then we get these uh, like the Eichmann Euro vignettes. It's like this Japanese guy and he's like this Japanese game show host type. Yeah, he's actually been doing. with NXT for a while. I'm surprised he didn't get released with all those other people. But I guess they're really trying to push him because they need a little well, terrible international flavor. You know, it's awful. It's not good. It's very bad. It's very, he's very a good wrestler, though. He's a good um, wrestler. Is he? They don't know how to book that gimmick right. They just don't know how to do it. OK, yeah. Didn't have him taking a shit in his promo. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Well, not that one. Because they put him on a bunch, so we'll we'll get to that one though. Oh, we'll talk I, about that one. I didn't because like I said, I this didn't one get where he's like, uh, this is not the one where he's eating pizza and stuff. He's, he's right, like talking I, about. I all saw cool all coach. of these later online because I was getting commercials, so that's why I didn't know which one you were talking it's about. Like they they took No Way Jose, and then they took Adam Rose, and they mixed them together and made him like a game show host. That's what they did with this guy because both and maybe a little bit of Mojo Raleigh dashed in. All the guys that they thought were going to be great baby faces. That's what they're trying to do with this guy, and it's all oh, trash. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Then we got a package for Legato del Fantasmo, um, with um, yeah, it was really good actually. And we also got a promo as well. Um, also we got a commercial for the Ruthless Aggression season two, which I'm hyped for because I actually liked that show. I thought it just got abandoned. Um, but I'm hyped to see where it goes. I haven't watched any of it yet. Have you caught any of that yet? I did not catch the original one, but I did know notice that. Uh... Your old boy from Legato del Fantasmo was dressed very much like Andrade with like the same beard, the yeah. same oh, fucking yeah. ponytail. The but suit, to be fair, like, he was doing that same thing in NXT before Andrade got to AEW. He was doing that. But Andrade's been doing his same. He's pretty much had his same gimmick all the way since he was in NXT. Uh, it wasn't quite the same. It wasn't quite the same with like the suits and stuff. It wasn't the same. Yeah, I mean, honestly, if you kind of whatever, well. Agree to disagree for the moment. Let's move on. I'm just to trying Brian. to give NXT something. Like, you know, they're, okay. they're way behind. Like, I'm just trying to give them something. Hey, I like Braun Breaker. He's cool. Oh, God. We'll get to that. Okay. We'll get to that. Uh, we did get a promo package for Duke Hudson and Cameron Grimes. Um, so that's the match here. It's Duke Hudson versus Cameron Grimes. This seems to be one of the storylines that they're really pushing. They spent a lot of time with it. Um, and both guys can go for sure. Um, it's kind of crazy that this is the third match on the card and it's the first singles match. Um, it's weird. Uh, it was a very good match though. It wasn't too long. It wasn't too short either. Some pretty solid spots. These guys obviously have very good chemistry. There's instant heat on Hudson for kind of putting Grimes in the chair, like after he won anyway. And then Grimes finally kind of getting that dastardly heel and shaving and bald. The crowd popped in a good way. It was a good way to end the angle. I like Cameron Grimes. I do think he's a future WWE guy. He's a guy they should push to the the next level and hopefully do well with him. Hopefully to the moon. Yeah. I, I think they, there's a lot of, you know, that's a his, lot that's on the his little catchphrase. That's his thing. I worry that his body's not enough for Vince. I can understand that to be completely honest. He does look like every other guy, but when he opens his mouth, when he's on the mic, he's great. And when he works bell to bell, he's great. If he does spend more time in the gym, he'd probably be better, but it is what it is. Uh, three and three quarter beers for me. Uh, that's what I thought about Duke Hudson versus Cameron Grimes. Where you at? Oh, on? Okay. I, I went three and a half. I was actually very, very close, surprised yeah. because Duke Hudson, I was just like, I haven't really been keeping up with the storylines in NXT, and I was just like, dude, who the fuck is Duke Hudson? He was good. And at yeah. first, I thought he was uh, Joe Hendry, who used to be in Ring of Honor, but it wasn't. I was like, oh, turns out he used to be in, like, the Mighty Don't Kneel stable along with, uh, you know, 
the old TM, whatever, and then Jonah yeah. Rock and himself. They used to all be part of that yeah. big stable together, which so has Duke Hudson been in NXT this whole time that uh, Bronson or Jonah Rock was there? He was just kind of in the background. Or no, he, he got later? signed. I think he got signed at the end of 2019, like right before the pandemic thing happened. I think he was one of those signings. If oh, I'm not he, mistaken, I could be wrong, but that's what I, I'm pretty sure that's what happened. So, you know, he definitely has that Australian connection there to all yeah. those dudes. And I did, like I said, I didn't know what to expect because I never really seen him work and he fucking killed it. They went out there and told a great story. Everything was good. And I definitely like, I love the end because, you know, you think the guy with the long hair and the beard is going to be the guy who loses, right? That's yeah. what I thought the entire time. I'm like, dude, Cameron Grimes, he's getting his fucking head shaved. But no, Grimes, like, though somehow like being the baby face but cheating because they still cheered for him so maybe that's kind of his gimmick is he's just gonna win no matter what because he's he's a tweener yeah i mean he's, he's a, a baby face tweener kind of guy yeah i mean hey the biggest star of all time was being a bad guy then people loved him so yeah that does work you know yeah. we just saw him kill another pay-per-view stone coast Steve boston but dude cameron grimes i love that and this is one of the first times ever a nice clean successful hair shave and did you see he tried to cut his eyebrow then actually cut his eye yeah i was like oh shit he cut his eyeball he's gonna rip <laughs> his eye off yeah dude, pretty solid match three and a half good, good spot a yeah, lot better was, than i expected a lot better than i expected for sure but then we get more vignettes because i i have premium so apparently this weren't out weren't out to everybody but i feel like it was out to a lot of people uh, we got a grizzled vets. Um, they got like a vignette and they're killing that, that team, one. man. They're killing that team. And it's so sad because they're an amazing tag team and they're making them silly and they're not a silly team. They're a really good professional wrestling team. Sounds about um, right. Yeah. Then we got like a rave girls vignette was not good. Uh, Draco Anthony gets a cheesy training day vignette too. That felt a little racist. Uh, and then we have the announce, like the announcement for new year's evil on January 4th. Uh, which I guess is like a TV special. We will probably cover that because we're trying to cover all the current stuff, even if it is bad. Um, but yeah, uh, we got a package for Joe Gacy and Roderick Strong here. Um, and that's the match. It's Joe Gacy with Harland uh, versus Roderick Strong with the Diamond Mine for the NXT Cruiserweight Championship. I mean, the match was okay, but there's literally like six freaking people at ringside. I mean, come on, dude. Like, Luckily, they didn't play that big of a part in the match itself. And bell to bell, it was pretty decent. But the story seemed like it had more weight. And, like, I felt like they were – this wasn't the – this was the beginning of the story. Or, like, maybe the halfway point. And to me, like, if you're finally going to give NXT a pay-per-view, this should have kind of been the end of the angle. And it didn't feel that way to me. Um, but the match bell to bell was very good. Uh, both guys can wrestle for sure. So I went right in the middle on it. I went three beers on it. It was, that was pretty good. Uh, what do you think about Joe Gacy versus Roderick strong here? I actually went higher than you on this one. You say I'm being salty and the downy guy, but I only went three and a quarter, just a little bit higher than okay. you. <laughs> so I wasn't uh, going super high. You gave it like, like four more ounces, but okay. <laughs> yeah. I wasn't jerking off to this one or anything, but I didn't realize how good fucking Gacy actually is in ring. And I popped for uh, Roddy's angle slam, of course. That was pretty sick. And Joe Gacy even did like the little fat boy QT Marshall dive where it's like assisted from the rope, but he still somehow made it. And did, did yeah. it pretty clean. I enjoyed it, that. I was like, yeah, all right. I'm going to say something here and people aren't going to like it, but it's true. Joe Gacy is doing the brother Devon gimmick really well. And Harland is doing like the, the like 
Batista sure guy, Batista better. Like that's, this is the same exact angle except they're doing it more culty. So it's less like preachery. It's more like Bray Wyatty, but I mean, it's the same thing. It's the same thing. I mean, it's almost the same gear. It's the same gimmick. Like it's, it is what it is. Now they're trying to kind of, they just tweaked it a little bit and made it a little bit more modern and fit in with like what's going on today. But what's his, his name is Par- Parker. What, what's his name? I thought his name used to be Parker Bordreau. Now it's Harlan something. It's just Harlan. I don't think that's just, the same guy though. I think Harlan's it's not the same guy. guy that made him shave his head. Right? Guy. No, I don't think it's the same guy. I could be wrong. That's what I thought. He was like the, you know, the little mini Brock Lesnar. And then he shaved his head. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Oh, it is. It is. You're right. It's the same guy. Yeah. It is the same guy. I didn't know that. I, I, wow. They, I feel like they changed him quite a bit and that's cool. Yeah. That's a drastic change, but I think it works. The, the look works for him. The ball. Yeah. The I didn't bald, even know that. Menacing wow. brooding yeah. character. Yeah. It's a good look for him. It, that's yeah. what I'm saying. I think he's doing that Batista kind of character, like the preacher box guy. I think he's doing that better than. Okay. Batista. So I will say this, the NXT 2.0 vision. I get where they're going. Cause people like him, people like Braun breaker. I can see, but people like Von Wagner, I can't nope. fucking see. He's a miss. I don't know Hard what miss. they yep. see in that dude. He's whack He's as hell. Yep. Straight, straight. Trash. Send him back to FCW. He don't need to be on TV right now. Yep. Speaking of straight trash, we got more ridiculous Eichmann hero promos. Uh, this is where he eats a bunch and then shits. And it might be the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. Honestly. Uh, then we got a package for the war games. Um, and, Really not very interested, to be honest with you. But here we go. We're going to get into it. It's Braun Breaker, Grayson Waller, Tony D'Angelo, uh, Carmelo Hayes, a.k.a. Team 2.0, versus Tommaso Ciampa, L.A. Knight, Pete Dunne, and Johnny Gargano, a.k.a. Team Black and Gold. Okay. One thing I'm going to say. I like L.A. Knight. I like Eli Drake. I don't think he's been around NXT long enough to really call him black and gold. I think the other guys fit in. But to me, this is where you send one more guy down to like, oh, I remember NXT. And it could have been Shinsuke or somebody that you're not really doing much with. Or it could have been Owens, or it could have been Owens or it could have been Zane. It could have been anybody else that have been like, you know, Ricochet. It could have been Ricochet. Like, <laughs> you're not doing anything with him. And it would have been great. It would have been great here. And like. Because, listen, I just I like L.A. Knight. And, and don't get me wrong, bell to bell in the ring, he did a great job in the match. I just don't feel like he's really black and gold. Does that make sense? O'Reilly could have not been in a fucking tag team match and could have been here. Agreed. You could honestly have just switched him. L.A. Knight, like, you know, sees Vaughn Wagner going to turn on him and does the same thing. And that way you have a, a longer lasting promo with a guy that you're obviously trying to push, even though he is trash with L.A. Knight. Maybe L.A. Knight can carry him to some decent matches because we all know you're not really going to push L.A. Knight on the main roster because he's already like 38. I think he's my age. So like, or a little bit, a little bit older than me actually. So like, I don't think you're really going to push him. He's probably going to stay in NXT and be the guy that like helps guys get ready. He should have been in that Kyle O'Reilly spot. Kyle O'Reilly should have been in this war games. I agree completely, but yeah, let's get to the match. Um, the Johnny war games chants were great. Uh, the whole opening segment between Gargano and Hayes was great. Um, Waller, could be good. He could potentially be good, but his gear and his look is atrocious. Dude, it's atrocious. Same shit, dude. I was just his like, work is not that bad, but his like, look is the fuck is he wearing? Awful. Is he a boxer? Is, is this like Mark Jake Marrow? He looks like a, he looks like a softer Jake Paul. Actually, is this looks Johnny like he should do some more. Like, what the he looks fuck? like he should be doing some more sit-ups, To be honest with you, um, yeah, it just I don't know, man. Pete Dunn 
is the Io Shirai of this match, meaning he's underrated and underutilized. I really hope that dude gets free sometime soon because he should be. Dude, could you imagine Pete Dunne and Omega? Oh my God. Pete Dunne it versus be... literally every singles wrestler in Pete AEW. Dunne versus Brian. Like, I mean, Pete Dunne versus Punk. What? Pete Dunne versus literally, like Cole. I said, literally anybody. Again, Pete Dunne, Darby, Pete Dunne, MJF, Pete Dunne, mm. like, you can go down the list. You can just keep going. Jungle Pete Dunne, Boy. Jericho, bro. That match would probably be sick. Oh, yeah, Jericho man. could take a beating. Yeah, for sure. I, w- I don't know. Zero interest in D'Angelo. Um, just no interest in that guy at all. It's just his gimmick. He could be great also bell to bell, but his gimmick's trash. I really hate the super stereotypical Sopranos Italian racist thing. It's weird. Um, at the Loomis spot was a nice little dash of Gaga for Johnny Gargano. I like that kind of referencing the way it was a good spot for Loomis. Although another guy's underutilized should have been booked better. Uh, if you would have kept him a monster, it would have been way better until you married him off to a different weirdo. Uh, but yeah, Braun Breaker is an interesting character due to his family history, but his name is so bad that I just literally cannot get past it. Like, I don't think I'll ever be able to honestly say like, well, Braun Breaker had a great match. I can't. That can't, that doesn't come out of my mouth right. <laughs> like it just doesn't. It feels like I I don't That's know. That's what I said the first time I heard Dolph Ziggler. No, I love Dolph Ziggler. I have no problem with that name. I'm saying the first Braun time I heard Breaker, that name, bro. Braun Breaker feels like the pro wrestling, the NES original Nintendo version, like just the baddest, cheesiest name. Like if you told a guy on the street, like that never watched wrestling, like come up with a pro wrestling name. I feel like he would go over the top and cheesy and be like Braun Breaker. Like, well, just, you know, he so came bad. up. He himself came up with the name. Okay, then don't give him a mic because that dude should not be in charge of creative thinking. He just should well, not. Be in he charge. wanted to go by, you know. Of course, you, know, you hear the story. They wanted to go by Rex Steiner. Blah 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 blah. And then NXT was like, no, we want you to, you know. No, Scott Steiner. A- no, they won't. No, he owns the he owns the name. Scott Steiner owns the name, and he said no. That's what happened. That's facts. Oh, so that's what happened. Yes. But still, you could have so, come up with better. Basically, they were like, you need to come up with the name. And he goes, and he himself said, well, when I played football, they called they called me the breaker because I would break people, the breaker. And my part Bad. of my real his name is Bronson. So he's like, Bron is part of my real name. And he said, so I said, Bron Breaker. He said, I didn't add the two Ks, though. I feel like Bronson Breaker makes more sense than Bron Breaker. Yeah. Like. I don't know. I mean, or like the big bad booty nephew. I feel like that's what he should be. Uh, yeah, he, ch- he channeled. Uh, well, yeah, he definitely channeled a little Scott Steiner in this match. Oh, and 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 Rick, a lot of Rick. I mean, uh, the match bell to bell. Okay, this is how I had to break it down to make sense of it. I broke it down because I couldn't really fairly give my assessment. The only way I can explain it is I think bell to bell. It was like four beers. It was a pretty good match, bell to bell. The guys, the young guys, can work. But their angles are so bad. Like, so story-wise, my investment in the new characters, um, half a beer. I mean, I mean, le- legitimately, like, how much do I care about this match? Half a beer. Was it good? Yeah. I just don't give a shit. Like, I just, I just didn't care. Like, I knew this is a gr- and honestly a great send off your Johnny Gargano and 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 you play a commercial for Roman Reigns to end the end the broadcast. Like the broadcast ends with a three minute promo for SmackDown with all of it being Roman Reigns. That's how the actual broadcast ends. No like, way. I cut it off. So I don't know. That's I how it ends. It's a three and a half minute long, like 
like promo package for the bloodline for Roman Reigns for it's all narrated by Heyman. It's like I mean it's like a whole vignette. Like it's a it's a full so- music video. Like it's a whole long thing. And then it's like SmackDowns seven o'clock on Friday. And it's like get, like this is how you end an NXT show. This is how you end Johnny Gargano's possible last ever takeover. And I love the fact that he wore Johnny takeover on his trunks and it's not technically a takeover. I love that. Like maybe they really, maybe Vince really thinks so little of NXT that he's fine with, with Johnny just getting his send off. He's fine with Kyle O'Reilly just being like, yeah, do what you want to do. Reference triple H, go ahead and reference Adam. Like, I don't care. I feel like that's, that is what's happening. And it's so such what a did massive you, what did mistake. You give the match. What's your final rating? I didn't, I didn't know how to rate it. That's what I'm, I'm two beers. I rated it two beers because I gave it like half a beer for caring, but the match was really good. The match was four beers. The match was good. Yeah. I get K. I gave the match. Like you said, the work rate overall three and a half beers. But when it came like for me, giving a fuck about what was happening. Yeah. Like war games is supposed to be stakes. Like there's some yes. serious stakes here. We're pissed off at each other. So we got to have a war games match. Not all right. right. We're going to suddenly announce it. Uh, War Games, old guys versus new guys. Yay. And I'm like, who are these new guys? Like, why should I care about these new guys? Uh, There were some other new guys you brought in. I started to care about them, and then you fucking released them. So why should I invest in anybody when it comes to new characters for WWE? Agreed. Agreed. Honestly, I know I'm going to say this. It might be a little controversial, but I think uh, they should re-sign Velveteen Dream. I feel like he, that would make a lot of headlines and make a lot of buzz. It would might save the brand. You could even keep him in NXT, but I think it would it would help a lot. Um, overall, R.I.P. Black and Gold NXT. R.I.P. Triple H's. R.I.P. Triple H's. You know, it was a good run from 2013 into 2013 till 2021. It's a pretty good run. It's about eight years. That's solid. That's a solid run. Great promotion. Honestly, I want to keep it separate. Like that's a its own promotion. Think about the the, the NXT champions we've had. It's its, its own Rollins. canon. It's own Pop. canon. Bo it's Dallas, a universe. It's a different universe. Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, Shinsuke Nakamura, Finn Balor, Samoa Joe. I mean, like, dude, everyone there killed it. Adam Cole. Adam I'm Cole, Andrade, Malika. All of and them. some of the matches, even though even even the undercards yeah, were legendary. Is the NXT champion dude, remember that? Remember the Cesaro, Sami Zayn, like trio of matches they had. Oh and yes, how fucking great they were. Like. R.I.P. NXT. This is like a burial, honestly. I feel like it's a memorial Dude, service. Remember that fatal four-way with Tyler Breeze? Oh. Uh, it was Tyler Breeze, uh, Pack, whatever you want to call him now. Sean, uh, uh, it wasn't Sean Spears. Sami Zayn. Ty, Del- Ty Dillinger, right? Sami Zayn and Ty Dillinger. Yeah. Four-way match, fucking crazy. Man. The it, revival. The NXT with some good the revival. times. But, the revival. Uh, uh, yes. Uh, bam. Murphy and... and um. Uh, what was the other guy? Blake name? and Murphy. Blake and Murphy. They were what a great the tag team. The longest reigning tag team champions forever. They were, dude, they were awesome in NXT. And then literally they, they just so changed good. their gimmick when they went to the main roster and made they them a fake so road Pierce. I would argue that Breezango was better in NXT than they were on the main roster. Yeah, of course. Definitely. I mean, 100%. dude, Tyler Breeze versus Jushin. Li- Guys, listen, we, yep. we love, we love NXT. Yeah, that was the I, shit. I watched this and felt sad. Yeah, me but too. It, it, I, but I have, dude, 100%, dude. I felt right sad. There. It made me feel like, sad. Man. Like, dude, Johnny Gargano, Tommaso Ciampa. 
at least John, at least Johnny Gargano, we know he's still going to wrestle. He's going to go somewhere, do great. Ciampa's probably once he's done with this, he's done. He doesn't. And he's not going to go the okay, main. Even the entertainers that had their moment in the sun that we don't really talk about anymore, the VOD villains, Jose, no way, Jose, Enzo and Cass, Enzo and Cass, dude, bro, they were, like at one so point over. they were the biggest, the biggest, most popular tag team. It was Adam like, Rose. There you go, the Rosebuds. That's where Braun Strowman the made his Wyatt debut. Family. The Shield. Well, they didn't really debut. Yeah. But they all started there separately. Man, it's just R.I.P. NXT. I'm glad we had this memorial service, Wex. I feel like it's therapy, honestly. Uh, and listen, I, listen. I will always love you. Okay, there we go. Wow, that's a that's a YouTube clip right there. If I do Maybe. say so myself. Maybe a TikTok. We'll see. Uh, you can always find us at kfabe.com everywhere, um, except for TikTok. It's at kfabe.com pod because Wex is an asshole. You can always find me at Daniel Daybreak everywhere. Every single social media platform of all time, I am at Daniel Daybreak, including MySpace. And yes, I still have a MySpace. Um, you know what? Wex, where can they find you? You can find your boy Wex at Wex Breaking the Lawson on pretty much all of your social medias. Uh, Facebook. I don't know. It's Wex Lee, not Wex Breaking the Lawson. But everything else pretty much the same. And you know how we do over here on because, you know, you're shaking your heads because I keep an alias on Facebook. I don't have my real name. I'm trying to stay low. Why? I'm trying to stay. It's like Rusty Shackleford. Cell phone. They know who you are. Because I'm That's Rusty so Shackleford. Dumb. What are you talking about? So dumb. I'm just kidding. I don't know. I'm just weird. <laughs> on Facebook, uh, I don't want. It's just for like more coworkers. They already know about shit. It. No, it's for like coworkers and jobs because my actual name. And if you don't know what I go by, I'm saying it's worked in the past. But if you guys want to holler me there, you know, show Wexley, you know, holler at me. Wexley's trying say, to work the gimmick on Facebook, y'all. He's trying to work the gimmick. Working the gimmick, but yeah, we'll be more interacting on Twitter. Like I said, more YouTube videos yeah. coming up, and just like Three Six Mafia whooped Bone Thugs and Harmony's ass, Tennessee and Kayfabe comparisons gonna keep. It was on. good though. It was good though. Oh, it was good. They both. I mean, I love both groups, and they both did great. But three, dude, once you bring out Terrence Howard, I mean, bro, yeah, I mean, we're not gonna do that though. That's. I feel like that's not even fair to be honest with you, but. dude. Dude, they just, they, dude, three, six of the best Tennessee for life. They're my all time favorite group. Two <laughs> years in a row, my Spotify most listened to artist. Let's go. And that's just because I didn't have Spotify before that. So it probably would have been like 15 years in a row. You know what I'm talking about, baby. Yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of Juicy J specifically for sure. Uh, let's keep it rolling here, though, man. Uh, next week, um, it's going to be a really good one. We got Ring of Honor's probably their final ever pay per view. Final, final, final battle. Final, final battle. Um, and we're doing that one going against Armageddon 2006. Again, guys, like I kind of dropped off around 2004. So uh, a lot of these like 15 year comparisons, we're going to definitely keep those carrying over into um, 2022. I definitely almost want to keep the saga going with both um, 97 and 06. And I want to do um, I want to do WWF and WCW as for interchanging on our nostalgia shows. And I want to do TNA. And um and WWE for for our 07s on there because I n- I never actually watched 07 so so I'm I'm excited about, 07, about doing WWE I was like back in the swing of it I was every Monday I'm I was even watching ECW sometimes on the Sci-Fi Channel 
I mean, I was, I was, I'm, 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 I was a diehard Mark. I've always been a diehard Mark, so I'm, I'm gonna pop in and out there for sure. I was still watching DVDs, you know. Uh, I still on my PS2, you know, as I was couch hopping in my t- terrible emo band. Um, but yeah, you know what? I feel like next week's gonna be great with 06 revisiting Armageddon 06 versus ROH uh, Final Battle ever. Two weeks from now, which is pretty much going to be your Christmas episode, it's Starcade 96 that we've been covering from WCW and Survivor Series 06. So it'll be a step back a little bit, but it's a bigger pay per view. It, 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 it meant it, it, there's more weight to it there. So I, I want to make sure legendary that Legendary Starcade. Yeah. yeah. Legendary Starcade versus a, a big year for, for WWE and their Survivor Series. That's going to be the last Survivor Series we cover. And then the kind of the end of the year, our very last episode of season three. It's going to be, so we're doing an end of the year recap. We're going to be doing superlatives, most improved, uh, most surprising moments, uh, biggest pop of the year. You know, we're going to do uh, throw some of that in there. But we're also going to do uh, some formatting for season four. So the podcast will come to you as it normally does. But when we record the podcast, we're also going to be going live on YouTube. I haven't told uh, Wex this yet. We're going to go live on YouTube the Thursday that we film that we film this or record this, we're going to talk about our year in review and all that. After that, we're going to stay on live. And we're going to answer questions and we're going to possibly even use some of the crowd, some of the, some of you guys' input onto what we actually format season four with. So we'll be live on YouTube. You can comment on YouTube. And you can also comment to us on Spaces on Twitter as as we're on there. Um, so we're going to be mapping out at least all of January and maybe. All of February, depending we'll on how much time. We'll even give you Daniel's personal phone number so you can call him. It's going to be great. That's not true. Um, we're not doing uh, that part. Well, but yeah. you didn't get that memo. All right. Yeah, Wex is just being a dick, so we're just going to go ahead and end this thing. Uh, that's going to do it for us this week. Uh, we're getting very close to the end of season three, boys and girls. I'm very excited. We'll see you guys next week. We're out. Peace. Peace.